Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Running Effect podcast with Dominic Schleter. I'm your host, Dominic, and one quick note before we hop into the swing of things. Most of you listening right now are not following the podcast and have not given us a five-star review, so it would legitimately take between five and ten seconds and helps us out immensely if you hit the follow button and give us a five-star review. I appreciate anyone who's done that, and if you haven't, I would greatly appreciate you doing so. Also, if you find value from today's episode, consider sharing it with a friend who you think may be impacted by it. That way, we can reach new people and hopefully inspire and impact them in the process. Today on the podcast, I certainly have someone who will inspire and impact you. The man's name is Jack Flood. Jack is a professional decathlete who has represented Team USA before, and prior to his years as a professional and one of the top decathletes in the country, Jack won both the NCAA Division III heptathlon and decathlon titles during his senior track and field season. Jack is also very popular on social media and shares his journey and has reached millions through his inspirational content. Guys, this podcast, Jack and I just have a very honest conversation and cover a wide array of topics from discipline, accountability, community, so many different things that I'm confident will impact you positively. Um, This one was so much fun and I'm incredibly inspired and impressed by Jack and know you will be too. Uh, This conversation was absolutely incredible. Uh, A quick note, uh, Jack does have a little bit of language. So if you guys are around younger kids, maybe consider throwing the AirPods in. Uh, Just a quick note. Um, And yeah, without further ado, enjoy my conversation with the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, Jack flood jack welcome to the running effect podcast how are you doing today i'm doing great thanks for having me okay my first question for you uh you signed a deal with chipotle if i'm not mistaken i'm i'm very curious how does that come about when did you first start loving chipotle and how do you like facilitate a deal with a company that big because for the podcast i'm always reaching out to companies and even smaller companies, it's like, I have no clue who to reach out to. So how do you make something like that happen? Yeah, so basically, like, because I'm a decathlete, I train a lot. And, you know, in tra- the sport of track and field, like, if you're not working, you're training, like, you may not have a lot of money. So the best deal you can get is you go to Chipotle and you fill up the bowl to the brick, like the max. And like three or four years ago, it was like seven, six to seven dollars. So basically... I would just train and then I would eat that and I'm good. Like that, you can eat half the bowl and then have the half later. So basically that was my strategy was like maximizing food for less money. So, and then, you know, because after the Olympic trials, I was like, damn, I have a pretty low following. I need to like, I want to get to the next level with like sponsorships and brands for the next Olympics. I'm going to have to start posting on social media i have credibility i'm an athlete i've been the olympic trials people are going to want to listen to what i do i mean if i say something someone's going to resonate with it they might disagree with it but i'm proof like i'm proof i've i've got to a level where what i say has credibility to it and so i just started making videos because i mean the chipotle anyway so i'm like i might as well film it and put it out there so i just every time i ate it i just made a funny video about it and then like luck struck and like they were getting millions and millions of views obviously if you're getting millions of views the brand's gonna see it you're tagging in them you're calling them out and uh and then you'd be surprised with social media like what people like someone might be watching this podcast that is like super high status 
and you'd never know it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like Mr. Beast, for example, was watching my stuff. And, and I, you never know that, whatever. So obviously Chipotle is watching my stuff. And I got, and then someone, another creator who was like really popular, who worked with Chipotle, I won't say their name, but they sent me this email and they said, yo, this is their official email, just tell them whatever. So I just sent this long email and I tagged them with like 10 videos that had million of view, millions of views. And I said, let's work together. And then they came back to me and like, yeah, we saw your video. What, what, let's get on a call. So I got on a call. If you work with us, what would your dream like work be or whatever? I was like, I don't know, let's just get something on the app. But really I would, I would like want you to sponsor my jersey or something. I wear it at me. Like I'm a Chipotle athlete. Like that was my, my real, I'll get to that, but so that I got us do the app thing, and then we made that we made it on the app. It did really well. I mean, I didn't real because I, like you have to understand the thing about social media. If I live my daily routine and I just post a video, like millions of people are seeing it, but there's really nothing special about it. I'm just living my daily life. It's like, it's not like I did anything big. So people think it's bigger than what it actually is, and it's not. It's just like I, I was just eating it normally, and I just posted videos, and I, it did well. And then we worked together, you know. Like I don't, I don't know what else to go, where this is gonna go, but and then there was, and then I worked with them again in October. We made the floodboat 2.0, and hopefully next year in the fall, I'll I'll be a Chipotle athlete because it's leading up to the Olympic Games. So my main focus this year is to perform well. So maybe I'm a favorite leading into like, he's gonna make the team. So do you get one of those like gold cards where you get like free Chipotle for a year or any of that? Or is that the dream? Yeah, so I got a lot of free ones through the code. So they, if you use the app, they give you like codes and they gave me like a hundred something. So I was eating free Chipotle for a while. I already used it up because I really eat it all the time. Um, but. If I, if let's say I'm an Olympian, I'm sure they're going to give me a card. So like, I'm not doing it for the card, but I just want to. It's just a byproduct of the results. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we hopped on the call and you're like, yeah, I've been training since 9.30. We're recording this at, at 4 p.m. your time. So that's like seven hours of training. As cliche as this question is, I think it could lead to some thoughtful discussion. Why is it important for you to work hard and to work really hard at this thing that you love? All right, so mine's a little different. So I work on 10 events. So like the only way to get ahead is like, you're gonna have to put the time in. So it, today we did hurdles, long jump, shot put. So think about each session. Like, let's say you were just a shot putter and you would have just went there through shot and then you lift and you're done. Well. We had a hurdle and we also had to long jump. So each, and let's say you have one session a week in hurdles, you gotta 100% be there present for that session because that's all you're gonna get. Whereas if you're a distance runner, you're just doing 400 work, it's like, you got that later in the week. Like you got another chance. So you get really hyper-focused when you know like your schedule and it's like, you got one shot at that event. And basically, hard work is important. I know a lot of the audiences in high school, it's like the more, typically the more hard, like 
the harder the work is, the more effort you're putting into it. Like, don't be scared of that because that is literally is the catalyst to like being better and competing well at meets is like what you're doing in training. Because when I was a sophomore in high school, freshman and especially freshman in high school, I would sit out in workouts because I was scared. I would literally fake an injury like ice because it hurt or whatever. I was mentally weak. But then like later sophomore year, I realized, oh shit, if I work hard, I get a better result. This is, this is cool as shit. Like this, this is cool. So I understood the dynamic of like, oh, you train hard, you get a better result. It feels good. You become a winner. That feels even better. So let's work even harder. Right. Yeah. I I think success breeds more success. When you get a small taste of it, you just want more and more and it kind of motivates you to work even harder. And I think in life, whether it's in running, in schoolwork, in business, that's why I think it's so important to just get that first accomplishment and then that will motivate you for the next one and the next oh, one and the next one. You, you got to get that win. Right. Uh, there's a quote when you were talking there, um, when you were kind of talking about like you use hurdles as a reference, like you got one shot at this today. You're not going to have a shot later in the week. Um, I was reminded of a quote, I think it was from Joe Rogan. He said, if you really want to be the best of the best, you have to treat every day like it's a whole new project. There's no shortcuts, no slacking off, and your commitment must be 100%. What are your thoughts on that quote? Um, I think you can get to that point if you know what you want. Meaning, if you don't know what you want, if you don't have a goal, there's no way you're going to find that energy to do that every single day. So my goal is as high as you can get to make the Olympic team. So when I wake up, there's going to be no shortcuts because I'm only shorting myself. It's like in track is an individual sport. Technically, high school, yes, you have teams. But in the end of the day, it's an individual sport. So it's all up to you. And that's why I kind of I'm sure a lot of track athletes do track because it's up to you. And uh, if you have such a big goal and you, you want to do it, you're going to be forced to take the action necessary to get that goal. So that's why you should always aim high and be kind of unrealistic because if you run 55 in the 400 right now and then you're like, all right, you notice you're getting better, you're seeing some evidence, like you can have a breakthrough and you run, you want to run 49 at the end of the year. It's February, you're running 55. You could probably do it, but you're going to have to put a lot of energy, force, belief, time, reflecting to like make it happen. And so, yeah, the, you got to have the goal in order to do that every single day. Someone might see that you were gone for six hours today and be like, this guy has no freedom in his life. Like he's obsessed. Uh, there's a, there's a quote that I love from Jocko Willink, uh, author, podcaster, speaker, and it's just very short. It's like discipline, uh, discipline equals freedom. And his point is like, the more disciplined you are, the more freedom you actually create in your life, which is very contrary to what culture tells you. So I love that quote from Jocko. What are your thoughts on discipline, creating more freedom for yourself and how actually through working out basically for six hours, you're, you're creating more freedom. Yeah, that's, that's a very good thought. I was actually thinking that this week, my motto is like discipline is freedom, like literally before bed because Sunday is such an important night because you're basically prepping your whole system for the week. Monday's the best day. It's like we're going out hard. We're setting the tone of the week because if you start Wednesday, you're kind of you're late, you know, start Monday and build the momentum of the discipline. Basically, whatever the culture is doing, you should run the other way, like literally. So you're about to go to college. You're going to see that. It's funny because Everyone looks up to people like Kobe Bryant, Tom Brady, 
and and it's like do you understand that those people like they're only you're idolized those people but it's like they're the ones who were the ones that were disciplined and like spent so much time focused out all day hours on hours and hours to become that person so it's like you can become that person too you're going to be alone there's going to be times where no one's around or it's going to be different from other people because there's there's such a high level they're doing something differently and that different is like what you're not doing you know so it's uh life is so much better going after goals and like becoming somebody than just like being i call them npcs now it's like a new term it's just funny it's like don't just go with the crowd like do you everyone deep down knows what they want and kind of want to do and it's like all right who cares what anyone thinks who cares if you're doing it like away from everybody you don't need people to validate you 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 got to stay in your lane and then through your process and path you will you will learn and figure it out because you're not going to figure it out like you have to try and take the step forward in order to even give yourself a chance to figure things out but most people don't even try to do that they they're, they're afraid to fail really right and it's sad it's really sad well kobe you mentioned kobe he literally i think mo- his normal training schedule he worked out three times a day and a lot of those days he'd wake up at like 4 a.m. And it's like, yeah, I, I laughed at like when you're talking about people idolizing them, but they don't really conceptualize all the work that those two put in to get to their status, uh, right? And I was reminded of, um, I think like high schoolers on average spend upwards of like over five hours a day on their phone, which is pretty hilarious given most high schoolers are in school. <laughs> so it's like, okay, yeah. like you're not paying attention to anything. And um, one of my favorite sayings that I think hits really deep if I was a listener, I'd definitely reflect on it. It's something I reflect on. It's like, don't get too busy watching other people live their lives that you forget to live your own. And yeah. the first time I read that quote, I was like, man, that is crazy. Cause like we idolize these people on social media, whether, you know, it's like Ilya Kipchoge or like, you know, the top at Kobe Bryant or Tom Brady. And it's like, I think um, having idols, having mentors is super incredible. Um, I do think it's important, but I think it can come at a cost when idolizing those people takes away from your own work where you're just sitting there watching them do their thing but it's taking away from you actually taking action in your own life and i think the perfect balance is when you look up to those people but those people inspire you to take action um and exactly and it's like you you can consume all the information in the world uh you can listen to this podcast you can listen to an audiobook you can read a book you can watch a documentary you can watch the last dance on michael jordan and it's like cool, you have all this information now, you have all this wisdom now, you have all this inspiration, all this motivation, but does it really matter if you're not putting it into practice, if you're not acting on it? Um, And I think that's super important. A quote I came across last week, and it's, most successful people aren't talented, smart, or lucky. They just acted while everyone else talked themselves out out of it. And it's like so true. It's like every successful person acted, didn't care what anyone else thought about them, and it's just like, I'm going to make my own journey. And that's why they're successful. Well, people, for example, you're right. I love how you said it. Like, I watched Man in the Arena for Tom Brady because I was like, this is, I'm investing time because this is going to inspire me to take even deeper action because I've learned how he is the best of all time. He's the best quarterback in just his journey. Uh, for example, people say, oh, Michael Jordan didn't make his basketball team when he was a ninth grader, a freshman. 
but people just say that, right? They don't actually think like that was an experience he had. Like he didn't make the basketball team and that helped him become somebody better. Meaning when people fail, they get hard on themselves and then they give up. And it's like, dude, failure is like a catalyst to success. Like it, it literally, you have to switch the mindset and the thoughts of what failure means. Failing sometimes fun. It's, it's like you did your best and then you fail and then you learn so you can do it better. And then, and then you realize, oh shit, no one even cares anyway. Like you think it's this big deal, but no one actually cares. People only care about themselves and like what they're trying to do. So at the end of the day, like, for example, I can think about, because we're, your audience is a lot of high school runners. It's like, I dropped a baton 10 meters left in a four by eight at Penn Relays, right? I don't remember that shit. No one remembers it. Like, it's it's gone. Like, no one cares. So it's like, are you going to withhold your full potential because because you, uh, you're afraid to fail? It's, it's like that. I don't know if I'm going on a different route from your question. No, I, I don't love it. remember your question, but it's like, <laughs> Simply put, don't put yourself out there. Like, put yourself out there, and who who cares what anyone thinks? Like, yeah, as long as it's not like negatively affecting others, and like it's immoral. Right. Like, totally. Besides that. Well, there are now eight billion people living on Earth, and a, a while back, I looked up the probability of like you uniquely existing as you. So, Jack Flood. You uniquely existing as Jack Flood. Dominic Schleter uniquely existing as Dominic Schleter. And the odds, it's like one times eight to like the some ridiculous power that I can't even say out loud because it was so big. And it's like... Yeah, you got to embrace it. Right. It's like I'm a a firm uh, believer in Jesus. Um, If you're a listener and you aren't, like totally fine. But you can't not say that you weren't put on earth for a reason. Like the, the probability of you existing, it's like, okay, you were clearly made for a reason. Whoever you want to attribute it to totally chill. My point in saying that is like, go after being the best version of yourself in life. You are so unique. Look up the number. It's some crazy number. It's like, you were so unique. You were made to be unique. You were made to chase after your own journey for Jack, that looks like chasing after his best self in athletics. For me, sometimes that looks like chasing after my best self in podcasting, doing things that haven't been done in this space for a high schooler. For you, the listener, it could be something completely different. But the point is, like, why are we comparing ourselves to other people when it's like, okay, are you on life to please others to make them happy? <laughs> or are you on life to actually create something special that you'll be yeah. remembered for. Um, so I'm kind of going on a rant here, but my point in saying yeah. all of this is like, okay, if you're the listener, you are completely different from every other listener listening. You're completely different from everyone in your school. You're completely different from everyone you see on social media and use that to your advantage. Use that to your power. Uh, this is why there are millions of creators that have millions of subscribers is because they're each different. Like if they were all the same, no one would have any followers, right? Um, so lean into your uniqueness. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's some thoughts. Yeah, every, everyone was born unique. Everyone has their their gift, and it's your job to find it and then hold on to it and go as far as you can. I just like to say before I get on this other uh, tangent, I guess that's something to do it. Like Dominic, you're very wise for your age. So everyone watching this, like he's gonna be around a long time, <laughs> and who knows where he'll end up? But he's gonna end up big, and you gotta remember this was his start. 
uh, he started what, when you were 15, now well, you're 17? Yeah, well, before you get into your tangent, I think a good reminder for everyone. Um, after you listen to this podcast with Jack, go back to episode one. I've contemplated deleting that episode so many times, but I've intentionally left it up on Spotify so that for that exact reason, that people can go back to episode one, be like, this yeah. kid sucked. He couldn't, <laughs> he hadn't gone through puberty, couldn't ask questions eloquently, like paused so much, like had no clue what he was doing. And it's like, you're the same way, bro. Like in high school, you were, uh, don't take this the wrong way, but like you were quote unquote nothing. And it's like, look where you're at today. And yeah. instead of being like, oh, these two people talking here today are lucky that they got to where they are today, that, you know, Jack has a sponsorship with Chipotle, Dominic has a sponsorship with whatever company that I'm working with right now. It's like, no, we didn't do this because we're lucky. It's like, we just put our nose to the grindstone and it just happened to work out. And honestly, hopefully five years down the road, like you and I can have another conversation and we'll be like, oh, oh wow. wow, we were, we were, we didn't know what we were talking about then. Like we've grown so much since then. And I think that's the beauty of life yeah. is having a twofold mindset, reflecting on the past, being grateful for your present blessings and how far you've come. But in turn, because of that, realizing your progress, looking ahead to the future and getting excited, being like, because I came this far, how much farther can I go? That's a great way to look at it. For example, in my athletic career, it's like, all right, the last four years, I look at myself four years ago and where I'm at now. And then I go, wow, imagine the next four years. You know, so it, and it's, it's going to be obviously better. But same with whatever you guys are doing. It's like, look at yourself, let's say four years ago. Well, you can even tone it down two years. I was that two years ago, Looking now I'm here. If I came that far in two years, imagine the next two years. And like that imagination, it gives you hope, it's faith, and it, it powers you up. It gives you unlimited energy. Right. For example, it's like I literally just trained five hours, whatever, and I have more energy now than I did when I started. And it's because I'm doing, I'm in my purpose. I'm doing what I love. And I took steps today that are building towards this bigger thing that's bigger than me you know it's crazy it's like i didn't know what i wanted at times like i felt super sluggish because i wasn't confident what i wanted to do i was fearful i had i went all through all these emotions and all this stuff but because i was pursuing something that i learned to navigate and kind of almost go through it to like teach you guys right now and where i'm at now and how i became who i became the younger generation like do you know what I realized? You're 17. I'm 27 now. I'll tell you right now. In 10 years, it goes by like this. Like I'm like, damn. I graduated high school 10 years ago. <laughs> I felt like I was just in my senior year. Like I literally just did. But they don't teach you that 10 years. Let's say your next 10 years. No one teaches you what happens in those 10 years. And it's like those are the years to like develop yourself and like, like become somebody and work towards something it's not there to like party and drink and like smoke and like waste a shit ton of time it's like no that's the time you're young you have time you can fail and, and no one gives a shit but when you're in your 30s and 40s it's a lot harder because now you might have kids you might have more responsibilities you don't have that time to yourself and it's like if you're not trying or doing anything well he, time is so valuable and precious you're wasting it so like you know what's funny like you so i when i was in seventh and eighth grade i was a skateboarder and i would youtube i had a decent youtube channel in 2006 so it's it was hard back then to do that <laughs> but i would i love skateboarding and i would skateboard i would film it and i'd post it and then when i got to high school i was like 
I chose fear. I was like, oh, what are people going to think about me? And I deleted the account. Guys, I wish I could go back and watch that. That would be the coolest thing ever to see who I was as a seventh and eighth grader, you know? And it's cool what you're doing now because you might be still doing this at 40 and you get to watch yourself. Exactly. As it's like, damn, my social media, I started, even from last year, I was reflecting just because I was watching. I was like, damn, that was funny. Like, you're funny, whatever. And I just <laughs> highlighted what was good. And I, I'm like, all right, that gives me inspiration for the next year or whatever, or what's come in the next few months. One thing you said, uh, everything you said there resonated with me. This is a fire podcast already, but um, mm-hmm. I just love this. Such oh, this is what I'm about. I'm about life and just like progressing in like, be, like you said, becoming the greatest version of yourself. Right. So one thing you were saying there that I want to go deeper into is just how fast time flies by. Um, and so you said 10 years, like I do remember when I was a seven year old, but that seems like so far back in time, but like in high school. So I'm a senior in high school, bro. Freshman year feels like yesterday, like legitimately yesterday. And it's like, uh, the saying, like the days are long, but the weeks are short or like the years are short is so true. Um, like it might feel long in the middle of a five hour training day for you, but like the year's just going to fly by, you know? And it's like crazy. We're already in February. It like feels like new year's was just yesterday. Yeah. Almost March. Um, and I think one of the biggest principles that I hear on the podcast all the time, whether it's from an American record holder or the CEO of the Atlantic, like very successful people is they have this innate ability or they choose it to be where their feet are and they fall short of it, but they try to really stay in the present moment and soak up that time. Because that's really the only way to get out your worth out of life is to be in the present moment. Because if you're always thinking a week down the road, a month down the road, oh, how will my life change if X, Y, and Z happens? It's like, you're not actually living where your feet are. And because of that, you're not getting the most out of the present moment. And think back to all of your favorite memories in life. I guarantee you they were when you were in the present moment and you weren't thinking about anything else. Um, and you were so ingrained in that present moment. And that's why you can remember it so well. I like that the all the top people you talk to talk about being present in the moment because it's like, really, once I discovered that, I would say I discovered it maybe senior year and like really positive thinking that my whole life changed because your reality is literally like your thoughts and like you're becoming that. So um, I call it, uh, there's a book called out, it's called success with a positive mental attitude. It's an amazing book, but basically if you think about it, like an event, an event, ready? So like I can wake up and my tires popped. If I had a positive mental attitude, I can think of the blessings that come from it or like how it maybe changed my day and I met someone and like something cool happened. I, I saw an opportunity or you can have a negative mental attitude. You can start like flipping out, be angry, be frustrated and like ruin your day. And it's like, you choose based on your thinking, your reality. So if anyone watching this, like if you know my background, I started junior college, D3. Now I'm been top 10 to decathlon in the last four years. And now I'm trying to make the Olympic team. Oh, how did that happen? Well, I discovered my gift. I discovered what I loved. And I had a positive mental attitude even when I failed, even through the bullshit, even through the uncertainty, even through the hard times. Um, like there's no path that anyone takes who's successful that is like one, a straight line, or two, that there's no bumps or, or like hard times. It's like, if, if anything, like it, you should make, it should be enjoyable that it's hard. You know, if it was easy, it'd be, it wouldn't be fun. It's, imagine you played a basketball game against a three-year-old, you would never have fun. Like it, it wouldn't make sense. 
the, the challenge, you, you got to accept the challenge. You got to embrace the challenge and, and it makes you better. It makes you step up. And, and when you get to my age too, like, because you have more experience, you have more skin in the game, it's all good. Everything's good. Like even experience sadness, like it's good. Like you experience, it's what life is about. You're, you're experiencing everything and you kind of just, instead of suppressing it, you, you experience it and you, and it's all good. Right. Um, and present to the moment's even harder nowadays because we're on our phones all the time. Literally you get distracted, not present. And if you want to perform your best peak performance, you've got to work on present work. So what I do, I meditate 20 minutes every day. I'll, I'll put my legs up on the wall because you're draining your legs kind of. And it's like, it's really good for runners. And I just breathe and I take cold showers. So the best thing about cold showers is it's like, you're in this shit. You feel it, you're present. You're not thinking about anything. Right, just, impossible to think about anything. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it feels good, you know? It's like, take a deep breath and just feel it. And it helps if you're a runner because what do you do in the last lap? You're burning like it hurts. If you're in the workout, the last rep. So if you can go deep in a cold shower, you can go deep in the pain of running. And you can be present to it and enjoy it. As crazy as that sounds. So it's funny you brought up that analogy in the beginning of like the, the tire popping. Absolutely hilarious because I was sent something yesterday, a post, and the person said, there are weaklings who have a mental breakdown when they get a flat tire on the side of the road. And there are strong, resilient folks who forget to mention that flat tire at dinner that night. Stress is relative and your ability to deal with it is a muscle. Exercise it. Um, <laughs> and perspective it. is everything in life. That's something I've been reflecting on. Like there are so many people I see, like everyone in life, anyone listening to this, Jack within your own life, like everyone experiences difficulty in their own way. Everyone's experiences are different, but like one commonality in human beings is that, you know, naturally you're going to go through difficulty. You're going to go through stress. You're going to go through adversity. Luckily, our, it's not like our ancestors who had to like fend off lions while they were trying to protect their kids. Yeah, and we sleep. got it easy. <laughs> <laughs> we do have it easy. But like it's something that I do think connects us all is our difficulty. And there are so many people that have the victim mentality of like, oh, why me? Why is this happening to me? And they waste needless energy on focusing on the problem. And then I see people... Um, really any guest on this podcast who embrace difficulty, like even really difficult stress fracture injuries, like, okay, how can I grow from this? What can I work on while I'm not able to, you know, run a hundred miles a week? And it's like perspective and everything is life. And um, like when you change your mindset from like, why is this happening to me? To what is this trying to teach me? Like you become absolutely unstoppable. Yeah, well, it comes down to really how educated you are. If you're not educated on these things, you're not reading, you're not looking into self-development, you'll never know. You can't see it. That's why there's so much victims because they just don't know any better. And like, I never really judge people for it or like, uh, I mean, I used to, but then as I get older, I understand like the way of the world better. And, and like you said, in 20 years, I'll probably be like, you're dumb. But, but like people who are who they are, you can't really, you got to understand them. And if you understand them, you don't really like, you're not as negative towards them or hard on them. They're emotionally unintelligent because they just don't know any better. And you can't judge them for it. You just have to understand them. But if they're being taught like different ways and they're neglecting it, then you can kind of go like, dude, what are you doing? 
Like if you're not reading self-development books of people who are successful and they're giving you their life, like think about it, they went through their whole life or an experience and they're writing it for you and giving it to you for free, read that shit because like you can use that to your advantage in your life. And if you do that, you realize I'm not a victim. I create my own destiny. And I would say the biggest thing that separates, I guess, myself is like, I've learned the power of prayer when I was younger. So like, I pray big prayers, I'm bold. I say, I pray for a lot of things. And guess what? I don't get everything, but I get a lot. And like, for example, I might pray like, uh, first off, I'm very thankful for everything. And if you're not thankful for everything, you if you're not thankful for the daily needs of like water, shelter, and stuff, then you can't. You, God's not going to give you more. So, I'll just I'll just say like, God, may I have uh, great abundance and just like may everything work out for me everywhere I go. May may I meet the right people. May like uh, money opportunities chase me down, stuff like that. May the blessings chase me down. And it's like I'm I'm doing my best self. May these things just happen. And like. It just happens like you, I'm, you gotta be connected to your prayer life and or just like preparing for me god may have the best meat of my life may you give me the energy and strength to just like push me forward and do something i've never done before stuff like that because when you're competing first off competing is the easy part so you're trained to compete in in, in competition if you truly love competition and in, in racing you're connecting to the spirit now you're not really you can almost override physiology like you see it all the time people run time that you can't even fathom how is that even possible it's because they're so present and connected and they believe it and they go out and do it and like it's the coolest thing when you when that happens but i don't know i'm going all over the place because it's just like I could talk for hours. <laughs> I know but... we could totally talk for hours. One thing you were you were talking about, um, saying big prayers and being connected to your spirituality. I was reminded of one of my favorite Bible verses. Um, the Bible verses: "Ask and it will be given to you; seek and you will find; knock and the door will be opened to you." For everyone who seeks receives; he who seeks finds; and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Um, yeah, asking is given. Don't block your blessings. Don't block things and limit yourself. Right. Like ask. Right. You know. Well, and I also think like people take um like if jesus doesn't directly give them what they want they're like oh he didn't answer my prayer and it's like no he answered your prayer just not in the way you wanted him to like maybe exactly once you get older i'll say this like my history with god is so strong like like everything i look back in life just worked out if something bad happens i go all right it's probably for the best i don't even like get upset about it because like oh it's probably gonna you know be for the best like it's gonna work out better than i expected because i have this evidence and this history of like it always working out right i'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason and it's like so for instance like if you pray uh like okay jesus help me to be strong maybe he'll throw some adversity your way because adversity at the end of the day is what makes you strong but if you don't have the perspective and the knowledge to view it that way i can see why people would be um i'm pretty sure like palm trees have like the strongest roots because they go through so much wind like in florida and like hurricanes so just think about that they're getting shit on by wind (laughs) and stuff and they're growing the strongest roots because of that you know if it's just this weak tree it 
it wouldn't develop roots because it's not going through anything. It, it reminds me of um, like everyone looks at David Goggins. They're like, how is how is David Goggins able to run a hundred miles on fractured feet? I I ask that question, and I honestly yeah. think a big reason is you know anyone listening, I'd highly recommend his book, Can't Hurt Me, one of the most impactful books I've ever read. Um, and it's exactly that, like nothing could hurt him. Like he he went through. <laughs> if I want to, if I want a reality check of how like privileged I've had life, like and how blessed I am to have like incredible parents, etc. It's like I just yeah. think of David Goggins because he went through literal hell, and because of that, I think that hardened his mind enough to the point where he's just able to do incredible things. Um, so that's yeah, he's like the human palm tree, I guess. Yeah, I would agree. There's a lot of human palm trees you can look you can look to be inspired by, and that's why that's another thing value your time look towards people who are great don't look at stupid tv and like i, I mean it's hard for me to say because i post on tiktok and like people watch it it's like get off tiktok get off instagram <laughs> stop scrolling you know like look like what are you feeding your mind like you wouldn't expect to feed your body junk all the time and soda and candy and processed foods and expect to feel good so how do you why are you feeding your mind gossip, drama, and expect to be enlightened or like successful? Right. You know, it's, it's the same principle. Your mind, you gotta feed. Like the way I'm talking is because I literally, it's almost like I program my mind to be like positive in a way. It, it's just the same way. If you're feeding yourself negativity, your mind will be negative. But the thing is, on the positive side, you feel healthier. You have better relationships. Things work out better. Your immune system stronger. Um, you know what I'm saying? When, when you're negative, you're probably you're probably sick all the time. You probably have acne. You probably have injuries because you're negative. You know, and, and yes, you're gonna have negative thoughts and doubts, but you don't entertain them. You kind of stay silent to them. You don't get stuck on them. Like I've had many negative thoughts, but I kind of just like don't entertain them. Is the best way I can describe it. And I think it goes far beyond even social media or TikTok or Instagram or whatever kids have these days it's like think about your friends this is something i talk about on the podcast somewhat regularly like yes. one of my favorite quotes that i try to live my life by and college educators are probably sick of me saying it in college essays is you know, guess that, it? uh that might be completely wrong your <laughs> vibe attracts your tribe <laughs> no i like that though but it's basically the the same well so the the quote i'm thinking of is you're the average of the five people who you spend the most time with yeah, it's and, the truest and, statement ever. Right. And it's like, so if that is true, which it is factually true, who do you want to be like and then surround yourself with those people? Let's say, for example, you're on the 4x4, four four, B, you're the last guy out of the four. So you start training with the guy, the top four. If you're not going to step up to the plate, you're just going to get weeded out. Like, yes, you, if you, you want to be the worst out of the five because you move up and then you go to the next five. If that makes any sense right so it's like you better if you're willing to ask someone to be with that group you better step it up like you it has to be who you are like you can't you can't like like let's say my training group i have two olympians and olympic coach so that's who i'm surrounded with every day it's very hard to get in our group now like you're not gonna it's gonna be very hard and if you come in our group because you think you deserve to be in there and then you don't show up, you're going to get kicked out immediately, if that makes any sense. So you, you kind of have to earn it 
it won't just happen. Um, sorry if I interrupted or anything. No, but, no, I love it. Yeah. Um, there is a quote that I think relates super well to your career, and it's probably the quote that I've been reflecting most this past week. It was from a podcast I did with Yasin Abdallah. He's a guy who went from 24-42 in the 5K his freshman year to then in college now. He's an NCAA champion. I think he's like a 13-20 guy. Uh, he ran 3.55 in the mile. Um, and he was quoting a tweet he saw, and the tweet was, sometimes you have to be so confident in yourself that other people think you're delusional. And when I first heard that, I was like, hmm, delusional? Like, I don't like how that sits. Like, that's a strong word. But then I thought about it. And I was thinking about like my running career. If I would have told people my goals in seventh grade that I actually ended up accomplishing, a lot of people would have called me delusional. If I would have told people when I first started the podcast, like, hey, I want to be the first ever high schooler to make it on Spotify's charts for top sports podcasts, they'd have every right to call me delusional. Every right to call me delusional because it's never been done before. I see where you're going. But I just did it, right? Same thing with you. As a D3 kid, like logically on paper, like people had every right to call you delusional to be like, okay, no way you're going to make this a full-time career. Boom. I just did it. Yeah. Like some people today are probably like, oh, no way you make Paris 2024. Very real chance you'll do it. Prove those people wrong. The bar yeah. just keeps getting set higher and higher and higher. So I'm really curious on, on your thoughts on that quote. You have to be so confident in yourself sometimes that other people think you're delusional. The best thing about that quote is, all right, so there's, there's so many lenses you can look at this from, right? You're 100% right. It's like you have to be. I'll give you an example of one how that works for someone and how that doesn't work. For example, I'll say how it doesn't work first. There's this kid in college. I don't even remember his name. Let's say he's like seven two in the sixty. He's like, oh, I'm gonna run six five next year, dude. You're not fucking running six <laughs> five. You're not. Like, I don't care how much you believe. You're not doing that. Like. That's delusion. If you say you're going to do something, but you're, you're taking no steps to do it, that's delusion. But if you believe it and you're a person of action and you're constantly every, using every minute of your day to do it, then I can believe you. The, the delusion is validated, I guess you could say. Now, I'll give you an example. So my first day at my junior college school, my coach brings us all in and he goes, to everyone, everyone in this room, no one here will become a professional athlete. So really focus on your academics. To me, at the time, it hurt my heart. And I was like, so to my coach, in my mind, I go, what asshole would tell a group of kids with a bunch of dreams, no one here will become a professional athlete? You don't do that. <laughs> but but when I, and it hurt my heart. And I was like, fuck this guy. I'm going to do this shit. And, and I'm not doing it because of he said that. Yes, I can use that as motivation. But it was more of like I somehow knew at, at 17, like, I want to keep doing this forever as long as I can. So it really bothered me when he said that. And But now, I, now that I'm older and I see a, the situation he was in with these kids, I go, he actually had a point. If it wasn't for me, no one would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like. It, I mean, it was a junior college, like, uh, not like kids weren't that athletic. Like now, I, if I go to that school, I'm like, damn, this is a shit show. These kids suck, like straight up. So I, I understand it. 
So I understand why he might have thought, let's say I was delusional saying I'll be like, I understand you, but you almost have to be ignorant towards your dreams. Like, like you got to cut out the doubts and the noise and shit and be ignorant and just keep going and going and going and going until it happens. You know, like you're, you're literally just, so that was just an example of just like right. uh, well, delusion. Well, and I also think that, um, if you're not setting big goals, like there's almost no point in trying. Um, and yeah. even if those, so like, even if you set a goal, someone calls you delusional and you actually end up not doing the goal and you're like, Oh, maybe I was delusional. It's like, okay, it's a fine thing because to set big goals is to fail. And if you're not you failing aim high and you miss it, you're still higher than if you aim low. Right. Right. Also like <laughs> back to the junior college thing, I was so, so bad that he had every right to say what he said. Like I was so bad, so bad. But I guess belief in yourself will override it. Like literally override it. Um, for example, like with the decathlon, you, you, you can, there's a calculator, you put each uh, mark in an event and you get the points, right? And I would always do it way higher because that's what I thought I was going to do than what I did at the meet, right? And just through time, I ended up getting the marks I, I was going to do, you know? But I was delusional to think I was going to score that big at, at that age, if that makes any sense. So I always thought higher than I actually was, which is good because you believe in yourself and you're working towards it. That's why track is so beautiful because you could, it's a literally – you can see your progression, right? right. The, the tape doesn't lie. The time doesn't lie. You can see it. And at your age, they don't teach you what happens after college and how you manage it and how you do it. Unless, um, like no one's going to help you if that makes any sense. Unless you're like, uh, Noah Lyles out of high school or Christian Coleman out of college. Like no one's going to guide you. You kind of have to figure it out on your own. But that's just the sport. Right. Hopefully that'll change over time. Um, it will. Yeah, I do think it will. Uh, one question I'm curious about is what was the flipping switch? What was the turning point for you went to, you know, that JUCO school? You kind of told the, the story there. Like when was it like, okay, this is a sport I compete in to, okay, this is a sport I really want to be good in. And I'm not just stating that fact, but as we've been talking about in this conversation, like my actions reflect my words. Probably my senior year of college. Um, I always, well, so from SUNY Delhi, my junior college, I transferred to SUNY Cortland. That was a big shift because I had a coach that was super dedicated to me and their environment was more positive and I had people pushing me. So environment is really everything. So when I went to Cortland, I had a better environment, better training situation. Things just were better. Um, and I realized how good I did at junior college wasn't good, but it was decent. And I'm like, hmm, if I did this good in this environment, imagine how good I would do in this environment. So literally, like, I'll, I didn't care about school. I just cared about the capital. So, like, school was just there to, like, so I can train. Like, so, but my senior year, I really, I got really sick. And... 
my teammate broke my school record and I was on my bed like throwing up and I was so I was so bad I'm like that was such fuel to me I was like all right I'm uh I'm dedicating every moment to this so I can beat him and win national championships because I was the person saying oh I'm gonna win national championships I never won one until I won senior year indoor outdoor but all semester because I just turned 21 I was drinking every weekend I never drank but because I turned 21 and Cortland's a very party school I kind of almost my willpower is that low and I just like drank every weekend and I and I got so sick and I was like I'm, I'm fucking done with this the pain sometimes pain can be so deep that that's what activates you to be great and short long story short I won the national championship because that month every second I was like on and I and in the grace of God, really, grace of God is everything. Like His mercy is just incredible. Like He let you, He gives you things that you don't deserve. Like I probably didn't deserve that, but I got it. Then I went outdoor, and then I was like, I broke the seven thousand mark, which was big for me. And I knew this is what I want to do, so I just I figured it out. It, it was a rocky road. But I always knew I was like, I was getting better every year. And because the stats didn't lie, I had the evidence. Every year, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year, I got better. One year out of college, I got better. Two years out of college, I get better. So there's patterns. If there's patterns in your life, you can almost use them to your advantage. And um, so, yeah, just like, I don't know if I answered that. No, 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 totally. So much I could talk about. I could talk about it so long because that was what six years ago, my senior year of college. A lot's happened since then. But basically, like, it's called personal victory. Every day can be a win. Like, you can just stack wins. It doesn't have to be, oh, I won the national championship. That was the win. It's like every day can be a win. And every day can be momentum. You stuck to your promises. You stuck to what you were going to do. And like now you always are a winner. You have a winning mentality because every day is a win. Um, I love it. Yeah, like a win A win for you could be I woke up at 6.30 in the morning and I said I was going to do it and then I did it. That could be a win. Now, if you say I'm going to wake up at 6.30 and then you wake up at 7, guess what you just did to yourself? You kind of just lacked your confidence. You kind of took a hit at uh, not keeping to your promises and you're going to build this anxiety towards you. Um, and you guess you're, you're going to slip up sometimes and then you got to forgive yourself and almost let it go. If any, there's so many strategies like mentally to like, right. maximize state and being in a good mood all the time. It's really tough, but it's an art. I also think having a short term memory in sport and in life is, is actually that's good. Very good. Like, I do think it's so incredible to reflect. But, like, from the day-to-day, I think it's good to have a short-term memory. Like, okay, you slipped up on waking up on the right time. Okay, don't waste your whole day now by dreading, by oh, thinking, yeah. like, I, oh, I, 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 um, I slept past my alarm. Instead, live in the moment. Be where your feet are. That's in the past. And then when you're where your feet are at night think, okay, what do I need to do this evening so that I can have a successful morning so that I can wake up on time? Yeah, that failure might set you up 
to do it right the next day. Exactly. You know, and then you can kind of like forgive yourself and like, you know, rationalize why you did it. Okay, one final serious question for you and then one fun question. What is one message you want to leave with our audience today? Start intensifying your life. Like stop just being passive. Like start actively like becoming somebody, like visualizing who you want to be and then take action to do it. And you can't just sit around on the couch and expect to get energy. Movement causes more movement. Momentum means more mo more momentum. Or you ever like grab, you're trying to spin something. I can't think of like the machine you would use it for, but it's like slow to get started. And then as it gets faster, it's easy. Right. It's like that, that could, if you're stuck right now, like push through the hard shit. Because once you push through the hard shit, it gets really easy and you gain momentum and life becomes fun and easy like the best and like things just start happening because you're going you're going on a limb to like be better if that makes any sense so start intensifying your life start researching the greatest habits in the world you could possibly take because we are what our habits are like we we become of what we do so if your habits are shit you're going to come out as shit if your habits are great you're going to become great so if that if that was a good answer, I hope it was. <laughs> but that's what I'm about. And you see this energy I have, it's because I'm passionate about what I do. I love what I do. I just practice six hours, it's five thirty, I had a little meal and we're talking. But you want to become this. You want to be disengaged with life because at the end of the day, like we talked, you're gonna die. And it's sad, but it's also beautiful because it's uh it's just life. Jack, you're an incredible guy. Uh, so much wisdom from you. One final question that I ask every guest at the end of every show. Um, I guess an exclusion applies for you. It can't be your flood bowl uh, for this for this response. <laughs> question is, if you had Gordon Ramsay coming over for dinner, what would you choose to make for him? Okay, Gordon Ramsay, another great guy. He's very passionate <laughs> about what he does. That's why he's most famous. I would make him some steak and potatoes. Well, Jack, appreciate the heck out of you. So much fun. We'll definitely get you on a bunch more in the future. And uh, yeah, yes, thank sir. you so much, man. Thanks, Dominic. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Running Effect with Dominic Schleter. I don't take your time for granted, and I hope that today's episode impacted you and left you walking away inspired and all the more motivated to chase after your biggest goals and walking away a better version of yourself. Make sure you're following the podcast, have given us a five-star review, and consider sharing with a friend. Through that, we can reach new people and hopefully inspire them in the process. Also, make sure you're following us on social media at The Running Effect to stay up to date on all the exciting projects and all the new episodes coming out. Generally, we release two to three episodes per week, so stay tuned for all of those coming your way shortly. I hope you're running and life is going well. Guys, keep chasing mastery, and I will catch you in next episode.